scapegoat. Oh, hey, Mark. How's it going? Hey, Mike. What's good? I was just checking out a little bit of prints here. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Oh, that sounds like good advice. That sounds kind of like the definition of a horse show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I want to welcome you and everyone to really the, the, the premiere episode of uh, my podcast called Tito's Ride. And uh, uh, Tito is my uh, Appaloosa Gowling, who's sort of been my life guide for the last 10 or 12 years and we'll kind of feature him in and out uh, uh, as we go through time with the podcast but today we're going to talk about uh, something that I call the old guard in horsemanship and uh, you know originally horsemanship came through uh, war and survival and uh, it's become more of a, a sport and a recreation type thing but there was a time when your relationship with your with your horse determined whether you lived or died and you know it seems like there's some of that there's a vestige of that that still exists in our relationship with the horse today and and uh it's just like uh once you're in it you can't get out it's just fascinating uh what do you think about that well i certainly agree with the, the closeness of what people need from horses nowadays is way different than back then obviously we're not riding into battle anymore we're just riding into competition and also not needing to use horses for plowing for food or anything like that. So the relationship has changed, but still good horsemanship is good horsemanship. And uh, kind of getting to that level of connection, I suppose, is the next level for us. Well, I, I, I feel very fortunate. I've been exposed to a lot of like really old-time, uh, what I'd call old-school horsemen and um, you know the, how they relate to the horse has just been invaluable to me it's like you really apply it to to how you relate to people as well as horses and i know you know i can tell from the way you ride your horses and how your horses are that you've obviously been exposed to the same thing you're i kind of see you as like someone who's going to carry that into the future since you're considerably considerably younger than i am <laughs> and uh but you know you, you have uh you you have a you know, you, your respect for life is really evident in how you handle your horses. And when I walk into your barn, I see all these bright-eyed souls looking out of the stalls like, hey, what are we going to do today? And, uh, you know, that's kind of in contrast to a lot of places that I go when I'm working. And uh, I, it makes me feel really good when I come to your barn. Uh, it. Well, you know what? It makes me feel really good, too. But part of the point... I guess in saying that I didn't necessarily get to that point um, or had that direction with, you know, a total purpose from the beginning. I guess it's where I've kind of found myself in developing what I really find valuable about horses, um, my relationship with them, but also kind of what I've turned to value in showing other people and the customers. Um, you know, I think a lot of professionals would say they... Not a lot, but there's definitely professionals in the world that would say they love horses, they dislike people, and if all they had to do was interact with horses every day, that's what they would do. And certainly I love horses, but I love people too, and I think part of the journey for me has been being able to incorporate both those things together and not only represent the animal, but also kind of show people what the animal has to offer them and, and help enrich their lives through their animals and not let it be just... Uh, 
hundred percent um, competition based, but also just personal growth through your horse. Makes sense to me. As you know, you're well aware that I'm like really a pretty weird guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like to like like, uh, like dissolves like my. I think the, <laughs> um, we're, we're kind of both weird, but. Well, exceptional. How about that? Let's change that word to exceptional. Uh, well, I'll let you be exceptional. I'll, I'll, I'll just stay weird. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I've done a, uh, done a lot of studying actually with, uh, uh, you know, the, the culture of, of nature and, and uh, uh, oh, even you know, as far as to say, studying in native Native American philosophy of life, and you know, that led me to study like, well, you know, what is the earth? What makes the earth? And you know, literally, there's a frequency that the Earth emanates called Schumann's resonance, and uh, uh, to me, uh, I think everybody craves that. And we live in closed-in houses, and we drive on cement, and we, you know, we sort of have these pretty comfortable lives where we're sort of insulated from this actually really vital frequency that comes out of uh, the Earth that sustains us. And uh, to me, it seems like horses are sort of like channels that resonate that frequency into our lives they sort of concentrate it and channel it into our lives and you know you just see like every type of person you can imagine that just loves their horse or loves some horse and you know people are fed by it and i'm fascinated by that and uh so like uh this this first podcast i as i was saying i want to make it about you know, some of the people that I've seen characterize that kind of that respect for horses, and uh, I'm going to call that the old guard, which, by the way, I understand I'm jealous of you because you've seen that movie starting, starring my girlfriend, Charlize Theron, called The Old Guard. I heard it's pretty good, huh? Yeah, and your girlfriend does a great job as the, the leading <laughs> leading character in that movie. Bunch of ass kicking going on. I can tell you that. She's an ass kicker. I'll tell you that. I know. I know that you have a very special relationship with Sophia Bush, by the way. And, oh, and just that I would love to be with her. Well, uh, I just have to tell you, dude, that my girlfriend Charlize would kick your girlfriend Sophia's ass anytime. Uh, you're probably not wrong, but Sophia is the most empathetic, charming person in the world. So <laughs> you probably wouldn't even need to get in a fight. We'd just talk it out. Okay, touche, man. You busted me. <laughs> well. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as we go through the chapters in this topic, uh, I'm going to be talking with a few different people that have really been influential in my life. And uh, one of those people we know mutually, and that's Melanie Smith-Taylor. And, uh, you know, Melanie is, uh, is a consummate horsewoman who has won the Olympics jumping. And uh, after her career jumping, uh, you know, she's had a huge exposure through her husband to polo horses. And... Uh, uh, due to the number of polo horses that they raised, they, they got into the starting of young horses. And uh, she's become now a legend uh, in, in the process of uh, starting horses and allowing them to express their full potential using, uh, you know, let's just call it the Ray Hunt method. Uh, and uh, we'll go into that in later chapters. But, uh, you know, Melody's kind of got that vibe that uh, you just like, you kind of feel safe around her. And, uh, uh, I, I, I just think she's really amazing, and, and uh, I want to encourage everyone to uh, look at uh, Melanie Smith-Taylor's horsemanship programs. Uh, I, I think you spent some time down there. Uh, you have any impressions uh, that you'd like to pass along about that? 
So I've spent, I did a uh, clinic up in uh, Buffalo with her. That was uh, a few days along where it started with groundwork uh, with her assistant. That was up at, uh, at Susie's at SBS in Buffalo, huh? Yeah, it was. Um, and after, after kind of experiencing that clinic, it was really my first exposure to like groundwork in that essence, um, aside from what you kind of had gone through with me before that. Um, so having met someone like Melanie, you don't really know exactly what kind of vibe you are going to get off of yeah, a person. For but sure. I would say that you know, she's incredibly approachable, incredibly kind, and you can feel that around her. Um, it was not hard to transition into asking her to spend some time down in her place in Memphis with just me, and she was super happy to accommodate, and I spent a few days down there, again, just refining some of this groundwork stuff that I'm working on, and it's really just, what it is, is it's learning to speak horses. You know, horses don't talk to each other with words, they talk to each other with body language and presence, and and um, it's, kind of, we, it's kind of funny, we joke around about just like having Jedi powers, and being able to move the horses with your will like that, but the reality is, it's just how they communicate. Um, and so when you hold yourself in a certain way or you kind of focus your energy at one part of them or not, you know, that is really how they're talking to each other from the time they're a foal. So understanding that, understanding what you're saying to your horse and why, and also just understanding that from their perspective, and this is something that I really appreciate about horses in general, is that they can't lie. Like, whatever they're experiencing in that moment is their truth. So people are freaking out. They're, oh, my horse is being spooky or my horse is doing that. And they get really upset. Well, the reality is, is like that, that horse isn't messing with you. The horse isn't trying to screw up your day. The horse is just living its truth. Um, and that's really like that basic thought process. And um, is something that I think I've always known. But kind of slowing things down and, and working with Melanie, someone that I respect not just from this stuff that she's doing but also respect from obviously her career her show jumping career it was really cool to slow down take a step back and understand the basics the baseline of how those animals communicate and how again what their balance is their truth you know that that kind of ties right in with like the experience we had today with uh with your incredible i might add horse fearless who is uh you know when i go to the barn i i, I to to work on mark's horses uh uh his horse fearless is he, he's like his eyes are more human than any eyes i've ever seen on a human being and uh he reaches inside of you and connects with you and uh uh there was some energy that was uh uh, uh introduced uh into fearless's life from somewhere today as he was going through one of the procedures that uh you know, we're kind of essential. We're, we're here at the horse show, and it was a necessary procedure that he had to go through. And he got all freaked out. And, uh, you know, we both worked on the fact that, like, you know, you kind of wanted to say, like, oh, come on, Fearless, why are you being an asshole today? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he wasn't doing that at all. He he was in fear uh, of injury and, and harm. And he wanted to protect himself and to be okay. And we uh, use these principles that we get from Melanie and uh, a lot of other people that we'll talk to as we go through the podcast. And uh, little bit by little bit, uh, you know, he was able to feel okay. And as a flight animal, you know, he had to move his feet. He, he said, man, I, I need to be going somewhere. This is not good. 
and eventually we were able to kind of turn that and circle that. I used to do judo, and judo is all about circles, and we we kind of circled that energy back in, and it turned into really kind of an even deeper connection for us. And and uh, uh, I hope that's something that we can share with all of you listening and uh, uh, kind of deepen you know, what you get out of your horse even more. Um, yeah, I mean, that's totally true. That experiences like that have changed how I react to them kind of by just changing the perspective that I'm coming from with them. Um, Fearless is a sensitive horse, so it's certainly been a really appropriate animal to have in my life at this time as I try to make this transition from um, basic horsemanship to to more... Uh, I don't even know if one word that comes to my head is kind of spiritual and I don't mean that necessarily in a religious way but just more so in a presence kind of way I mean ultimately my favorite thing about horses is just when I am most present if I'm out riding a horse and it's just me and it's really able to be there with that horse moving around it's like meditation for me Um, and you know kind of an anxiety brain that I have it is my drug so I seek that and I go to that and the horses are what allow us to get to that place, that um, oneness, uh, that connectedness. And I think Mike made reference to this earlier, kind of like that earth energy stuff. And, and he's you've said to me before, you know, horses are kind of that conduit for us sometimes. They help bring us closer to that that nature part of us that we get away from. Um, and ultimately, too, these horses end up being a reflection of us. So Boy, that's for sure. <laughs> fearless is sensitivity and... Um, joy for life, but also kind of the way he holds his anxiety. I don't, I don't know who he learned that from. That's a joke. <laughs> he learned that from me, a hundred percent. And uh, not in like a, not in like a, a weird kind of way, but literally just like these horses, um, uh, feel our feelings. So you kind of wonder, like I'm this, I'm this rider, and all my horses end up becoming stoppers. Well, what's the consistent, you know, part of that? It's the horse. You. No offense, but it's you. The horse becomes the mirror, huh? 100%. You know, and so how, how do we get through those problems? How do you examine those issues and get through them? You know, is you really have to examine yourself. And, in, and not in necessarily a malicious way, but certainly in a critical way that you move forward. And again, like this, um, going back to the basics of understanding through, you know, Melanie's system and Ray Hunt's system um, just allows us to communicate better but then allows us to take those basic communications to bigger steps in terms of the sport and, and our horses and our personal development with them. Um, you know, if it, it literally is just moving one foot one direction when you ask them to, well, that turns into, you know, rolling back super efficiently, leaving a stride out and beating everyone, you know. And there's a huge gap between the beginning and the end of that, um, which this is a lifetime sport, so you have a lot of time to learn it. <laughs> Um, but again, like aside from the sporting part of it, just the personal growth part, these horses are so available to us to show us what's next in our own lives. Like, what do you need to work on? You know, well, it's looking at you right in the face if you want to see it. I, uh, I, uh, somebody I've gotten to know recently who's become one of my really favorite horsemen is uh, Michael, who works with Ronnie Beard and Winmont, and uh, his horses are so composed and. They're actually all getting along in years, and they're incredibly sound and happy and relaxed. And I was talking to Michael, and he said that 
really, really, he's there in Loxahatchee down by Wellington, and really important part of their program uh, is to get those horses out and ride them on the trails in Loxahatchee. And it was pretty funny. He says, I know not to go on the trails when it's alligator breeding season. I hear them growling. I, we don't go out then, but as soon as breeding season is over, we're back out along the canals. And, uh, you know, he's like literally connecting his horses with nature. And I bring this up because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely down on the whole Ray Hunt system, but there are many ways to, to handle, uh, to connect with your horse. And I liked what Michael said. He said, you know, uh, a horse was being fractious and he said, well, well, you know, I handled it like a professional shit. I, I was fair to the horse and <clears throat> we came, we slowly came to, uh, the same point together. And, uh, I think that's what all of us are, are looking for. And yeah, I'm going to really do the plug for Ray Hunt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But there are many, many, uh, ways to get to the same place where we kind of all want to be one. And that's kind of what we're going after. And, uh, when I see really great show riders or great trail riders or uh, I, I see a draft horse, a, a team working in perfect unison, it's all about being one. And I, I cannot get away from the idea that we're all after that. And I hope that in the future in our podcast, we we can help to make that idea more concrete. Uh, uh, another fellow that, that uh, really has influenced me is the dressage great Conrad Schumacher from Germany. He comes and teaches at uh, Temple Lipizzans in Chicago. And uh, he's like a third generation horseman. Uh, his father was a military horseman and his father's father was a military horseman. And they have that same respect and reverence for life put into the horse. And, uh, you know, you'll just see him transform, help a person transform their horse. And it's all about respect and moving beyond how would I say this what I want now into what do I really want and how can we all do that together so I think we've got a pretty good start on our first episode here uh anything else you'd like to we, we made it almost 20 minutes and I thought you're shooting for 10 and we would die at an hour and a half so I'm glad that we Got done before you died. I after this, uh, it's, it's been about 14 days since I've had a day off. I was pretty sure I was going to die after 10 minutes, but uh, I have to say this is a little bit invigorating. It kind of gets me excited talking about this stuff, and uh, I hope we can kind of generate more of that with all of you in the future. Cool. Cheers. Thanks, Mike. Okay, everybody. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening. <laughs>